0: for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills, he's got two things in his hand: pipe wrench and channel lock pliers. And they weren't new; they yeah. had been they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. Wasn't so, the first deal they built up bet. No, <laughs> no, you know, you, I think they were they had, the the pliers had been red before, but paint had yeah. worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, aka Dr. Daniel Pierce. Of U N C Asheville to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experiences of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped-up car, and he, he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars and that that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn. Uh, and comes back towards him. And it, it, as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran <laughs> off the boat. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steel when Junior got tangled up in a in barbed bar wire fence. <laughs> so check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Same Vault
1: Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at polepositionmag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At polepositionmag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. folks and welcome into the next episode of next gen creators a daily downforce podcast where we talk about the next generation of nascar content creators joshua lapowski here with you today and be sure folks to Give us a follow on social media at Twitter at Daily Downforce, Instagram at Daily Downforce, also at DailyDownforce.com for some great daily NASCAR content every single day. We have brand new NASCAR content for you on DailyDownforce.com. Be sure to head over there. Give us a follow and also send us a message on Twitter as well. Direct messaging on Twitter is open. We can respond to you quickly and maybe give us some interesting story ideas. That would be a ton of fun. Meanwhile, Today's episode of Next Gen Creators, we are going to be bringing on Jarrett Lundberg, the iceberg. And Jarrett today talks about his story and NASCAR content creation, how he got into the sport, becoming a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan, and talking about just some of the relationships that he has created, how the NASCAR Weekly podcast became a thing, and also a little bit about maybe kind of what. He tries to do in in terms of maybe presenting some contrarian opinions to probably help out and um, make the podcast and help make the sport uh, better with some of those opinions that may be a little bit controversial. And at the end, he does discuss how important it is to him to really be true to himself in terms of what he says and uh, to make sure that um, he is there to, um, uh, you know, provide good content for you and to also uh, make sure he's being true to himself and to what he believes and what he thinks. So without further ado, folks, next gen creators coming up with Jarrett Lundberg, the iceberg. And today, folks, we welcome in Jarrett Lundberg, the iceberg, into next-gen creators here today. Jarrett wearing a Vikings hat, unfortunately, an 0-3 football team as of the recording of this. Maybe things will be different when this podcast actually comes out. Um, But, uh, you know, I was just mentioning to you, Jarrett, both of our football teams not really in a good state as we're recording this, both sitting at 0-3. Me being a Bears fan, you being a Vikings fan. So we can both, uh, that's our common ground we're going to have as we enter into this podcast today
2: at least we're not the broncos like at least we can give up 70 that that's something i can never say that i've ever <laughs> seen my team do you know
1: what that's 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 true that's always a really, really great thing well well jared thank you so much for coming on to the podcast here today and uh, y'all should know jared pretty well from uh, his content on nascar youtube uh the iceberg being his uh, i guess you could say your alias on nascar youtube is maybe a good way to put it um yeah. we have that also his uh his work on the nascar weekly podcast alongside eric eastep uh darian and uh, also uh, danny b as well so uh you know jared i guess we should kind of start out with uh you know how you got into nascar and from what i I understand you kind of were born into a bit of a racing family being a Dale Earnhardt Jr. Fan growing up. So uh, I don't know if you really had much of a choice becoming a NASCAR fan <laughs> when you were growing up.
2: Well, it, it was always around like that. That was the thing for me is, is I, I didn't get into it necessarily right away with everybody else as you know, a three, four year old. I don't know. I was like wanting to play in the dirt, grab worms, you know, do anything but sit. Uh But I, I always had, Dale Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr. stuff everywhere. My grandpa in his garage, and it is like the ultimate garage. Uh, you can ask Darian and Danny and Eric Slapshoes. We've, they've all been in there, and they every time they go in, they just sit there with their mouth wide open like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Um, but my grandpa is a huge Dale Earnhardt fan. He actually originally was a Marty Robbins fan. Uh, and then once Marty Robbins stopped racing and this kid named Dale Earnhardt started coming through, he rooted for him. um And then once Junior came along, that was, you know, the, the family just went from senior to junior uh after what had happened in 01. And I, again, I'd grown up with it. But one day, I don't know what it was that like just clicked in my brain, but my grandpa had the 2005 Daytona 500 on. And I was like, I was to sit down and watch this. Like it's, really cool sounding and looking and bright colored cars flying around all near each other uh i was hooked like junior most of the day had been running around like 18th or so uh little known fact is i believe part of the suspension on his car was broken so it makes it even more impressive that he went against Jeff Gordon, Kurt Busch, Tony Seward, Jimmy Johnson, Martin, Rusty, like anyone that a seven-year-old needed for a, hey, this is who you need to know in 05 NASCAR was up there. Uh, and it is to this day one of my top three to five races ever. I rewatch it every year, uh, sometimes multiple times a year. Uh, but from that point, you know, even though 05 sucked for junior fans, uh, I still watch it every week. Uh, I remember him winning at Chicagoland in that first year i remember that because i think um, me and my mom had been up at his house and he got off work and did you see what happened he's like no i'm like he won it's like that's the day i worked the one day this year he won but i just became more and more of a fan and really i mean even through the bad years i i was used to it. you know talked about i'm a vikings fan and i'm also a cubs fan uh notre dame fan like i just disappointment is normal in sports i was like well this is par for the course um but i i kept kept up with it into the 2010s and i remember thinking about it in 2016 when he was still running well at the start of the year but just bad luck was happening it was clear at different points a little bit age was showing and it kind of like occurred to me i'm like am i a nascar fan or am i just a dale jr fan and 2017 really tested that uh you know like after after 2016 when he's out comes back 2017 i i can say this i knew in 2017 that it was pretty much over when he didn't make a, an easy block in the duels and i'm like that that's not dale jr like that's just he would make that block uh but you know going in 2018 with after he retired at that's sort of when the channel came came along but uh it, it's been a fun journey just because of of everything family wise around it I mean most families have Super Bowl parties my family had Daytona 500 parties instead <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can uh, I I can understand that, of course, when you're also coming into that like age where, you know, your favorite driver is is retiring. I mean, I can attest. I mean, I was a Jeff Gordon fan growing up. So, um, you know, when Jeff Gordon retired at the end of the 2015 season, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever really had like a moment where I was wondering if I would never be a NASCAR fan, but that was kind of tough to to spend that first year and not having the guy you're used to rooting for out there on the track, especially when it has the connection that you do and your. Family, especially without having any Earnhardt in NASCAR. I think aside from Jeffrey Earnhardt, there was no Earnhardt really in NASCAR that was competing for wins at that time either. So that had to be an interesting time frame for you.
2: Yeah, it it definitely was. I mean, I I tried with different drivers. Like at first, I tried rooting for Bubba Wallace, and then I think it was Ryan Blaney. My brother became a Blaney fan. He was he had become an Edwards fan. And I, I remember because at the end of the 2016 season, he's like, well, though always be next year and then i had to call him that day like while he was at school and tell him about the edwards thing but he, he he became a blaney fan he still likes blaney he doesn't watch really as much but so i tried being a blaney fan didn't really work um and at that point i just started rooting for the stories and and the cool stuff going on and that's like the biggest piece of advice that i've had to give a lot of fans who have i've talked to especially at the track uh because you've had guys like Jimmy retire and Harvick and just all these other drivers retire and they're like I don't know what to do like you're a junior fan how'd you do it and I'm like the first year's the hardest like that first year you will feel like especially like I was lucky that I had junior at least on TV on NBC every week um but a lot of fans don't have that and getting through that really first half of that first season that pit of just like I don't know who to root for. Like, this is not nearly it's it's not gonna be as compelling. I just tell people that. Like, just expect it to be expect every even good race to be boring for you. And 2018 was not the greatest year to uh to start out with how bad that year was. But I, I just started rooting for the crazy things that happen. And it helped having the channel and having the podcast, and you know, I needed good things to happen and crazy things to happen to talk about. Um but that that's really what helped for me. And now you know I got my fiance. She's she's a Denny Hamlin fan, so she she knows like all the ups and downs of it and everything. Um, and 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 my brother with Blaney, like I said, so there's some that I'm like, oh cool, they won. Like this person will be happy. Like I like that. Um, you know, Danny with Alex Bowman. Like Danny, I think is the only one of us on the show who got a driver latched on and stuck to that driver. The rest of us just couldn't do it. Like Eric kind of has. Eric Jones, Darian kind of bounces around a little bit like Bubba sometimes and sometimes like other guys like Blaine, whoever I'm kind of like that, like I'm kind of jealous of Danny because he keeps getting to have that cool experience.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that. That makes sense. I mean, like I said i mean i i kind of to an extent struggled like you know like i i had drivers that i did follow and i did enjoy when they won and stuff like that but it wasn't quite the same as when you know when i was a kid and saw jeff gordon win a race or anything like that like you could say i mean of course i do have at least the 24 cars still on track and jeff gordon's still there and uh i will say i did go to liberty university so having william byron to root for there for for a few years was was nice to have but uh you know um you know obviously yeah i, I can understand that so as 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 you mentioned, you know, YouTube was kind of the thing that, that helped you to an extent kind of gets you through that little pit in that, like that 2018, 2019 period. So how did that come about? And as you mentioned, uh, 2018 particular, I, I remember the first half of 2018 particularly was not the most exciting NASCAR season of all time. Uh, yeah, it was just the par- parody in the sport was in a bad place at that point. So just, just how did this channel come about? And were there any struggles trying to go through, what was quite frankly not a very exciting NASCAR season. Well, so
2: starting out with the channel part, um, it has, it, it kind of goes back to high school with with a nickname, um, or actually maybe middle school. I was playing football and uh, I just I felt awful. I was sick. I was I was whatever. You know, name you name it. Symptom wise, I had it. um I later you know found out I, I think it was the flu, but I had uh I had told my coach because I was so out of it I was like I think I have a a cold and like he's looking at me like are you are you kidding me kid like you you're gonna leave a football game because you have the sniffles um again later found out I had a, had the flu and I I think I was out of school for like a week because of it uh so he's like sorry lundberg no you know what sorry iceberg getting a cold and that nickname just stuck through high school um around 2015 i believe going into my senior year uh i made the channel as a throwaway channel like i was like "Eh, if i just like record concert stuff so like originally when people clicked on my channel it was like two nascar videos at first and then a bunch of like rush concerts and iron maiden and like just everything not having to do with i think avenge sevenfold at one point i posted on there um you know, I was that person who was just like, I'll film this and you know, we'll see what hit what sticks. Uh and I just let it sit there for a while. You know, I think I made like one video about how I I thought NASCAR fans were getting screwed with commercials, um, and other things like that, you know, things that we still complain about today. Um, and and, and I think I made like maybe one other one. Uh and I really never thought about it. I'm like, oh whatever, you know, we got like a hundred views, you know, that's cool. A hundred people heard my voice and uh then i want to say 2017 i went to a cubs game with my family it was actually the same weekend um i believe because it was the next day it was the same weekend into monday of the 2017 brickyard race because all day we were going places in chicago and my grandpa's asking me how like how's the race going Oh, well, it's still at 40 and it's like we're going to to a, a place at uh, a restaurant at night. It's dark out. Well, how are they doing? Oh, they're still got 40 laps. It's still going. Um, But I checked my phone. and I, you know, I'm like, what the hell? I'll check, like, see how that channel is doing. Maybe one of those videos finally like, caught on. And I like, look, and I think I had like 30,000 views. And for me, someone who the most I've ever seen was like a few hundred. I was like, what? people liked it and i i can't even watch back on it because it, it's how it's how bad it is compared to like what i the standard is now uh but that really kind of opened my eyes for it i was watching a lot of different genres of youtube at that time uh whether it was you know finance youtube uh or, or sports youtube i know that's around the time tree really started coming up through the ranks and five points uh and even the spare, you know, and I, again, I completely out of, out of watching any even now, but the the spare political video here there, and I saw different things that each community was doing, and I didn't want to bring the subject matter, but like I would see how like some of them would do live streams with different people and bring their community together through live streaming, and others, you know, would talk about certain things, and and it would seem very easy to edit it, whether it was a person on camera, a person behind the scenes, and so I was like, you know, junior's retiring. And I don't have a plan to watch. Uh, this time I think I'm working in a grocery store. You know, I'm in community college. I like have nothing really big. I'm looking forward to. I'm like, you know, let's just start this pet project. Like, let's see where it goes. I ordered, I think, a Blue Yeti mic and like a twenty dollar camera. Uh, that it was not good. It was not. It was not a good setup. Uh, actually me and my fiance last night before bed, watched back on one of the season one episodes around this time. Um, man, it was, it was way different to say the least. It was, <laughs> it was the, the difference and the, the the amount that all four of us have come is, is amazing. But I, I sent a, uh, an email to Danny and him and I decided we're going to do a post race live stream. To the 2018 Daytona Duels. And we did it. We went on there. We're all excited. Like, you know, Danny's channel starting to take off. I'm about to do my thing. Danny promoted it pretty well on his end. And we click on, go live, and I believe we peaked at four. Four people. Ugh. Uh, and two of those were our phones making sure the stream worked. Another was my mom, and I think another might have been uh his wife, Claudia. Um there was like i mean you like usually when you see the the live stream marks it's like sigging z- and zagging up and down a little bit for viewership when you see the chart it was like up over up over down over like it was it was it was in hindsight if i if i had the mindset i had now it would be way tougher i would have to say but we're like you know what let's just like stick to it for a bit a couple weeks later danny brought on eric uh and we were on Eric's channel one week, and then we started to really get the ball rolling. Uh, I had sent an email, or actually at the time it was DMs. YouTube used to have DMs. And I had sent Darian a DM, I think, at the end of February, start of March, and he didn't get back to me because I think it was like on spring break and then like going around the country for some stuff or 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 something or traveling. Uh, he didn't get back to me till like the middle of April. And at that point, he's like, hey, is this, is this still open? We're like, yeah, come on, man, come on. And he ended up becoming a host and we just sort of went from there.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty incredible how everything just kind of like came together kind of at this at this point and everything as and it's evolved a lot over time. You know, you're talking podcast specifically, but that's evolved a lot over time. And, and you know, YouTube has evolved over time for you as well. As As I was looking back, the, the first video I look at with you that really seemed like it blew up, at least from my perspective, which is a video that I've watched, and I actually enjoyed, was your uh, Wicked Witch of the South video for, about Teresa Earnhardt, and I can see you laughing about that. So I know you, a junior fan, ha- have some very strong opinions, understandably, about Teresa Earnhardt and how she ran DEI basically into the ground, for lack of a better term, over the last uh, few years of, of that. So, you know, walk me through the process of that video because that's a video that, that I think probably introduced a lot of people to your channel and to your content
2: yeah yeah that one that for me that one always kind of changes like how i think of of that video like i don't i I think a lot of the same things um but i okay i had always you know ever since the 07 deal with junior and Teresa, um and just the whole dei saga which i think that i still to this day if her lawyer's ever allowed i think someone should make that into a movie uh, because it was like a shakespearean tragedy of a race team uh but i had always had very strong opinions yes and around the end of 2018 i was like should i should I not? i was scared like everyone has this weird thought that they're gonna get sued if they talk about her name and i had that too because i had just no experience with it and i'm not saying everyone should go out and make a hit piece or whatever like <laughs> i would not have made that um probably like 2021 on uh but i i had been very had very strong feelings on it i was uh you know starting to get the ball rolling with videos like it was going from like a couple hundred watching videos to a couple thousand sometimes a ten i i'm like you know what the hell why not i'll, I'll give it a shot let's do it uh, i made it i made sure to cite every source that way like You know, if anyone came at me, whatever, I would not have to worry about it. And I released it, I want to say, I want to say during Speed Week, so 2019, which I didn't know the algorithm at the time. I didn't know fans' viewing habits. I didn't know any of that. I'm like, huh, Teresa video. Ah, People should probably will see that. Um, I remember I released it, and I went to my classes that day, and I went to bed. And I woke up the next day. And it had 30,000 views overnight, which even today, if a video of mine gets 30,000 views overnight, I'm like, all right, it's pretty well performing. But at the time, I think at the time I had less than 2,000 subscribers, uh, I was blown away. And I went home, and I like bragged and showed everybody, I'm like look, at this. like, look at this, this is so cool. And the weekend just kept going. And it just kept going up. And I'm like, and I hit 100,000, 200,000, and three and four. And and at the time, especially when it came to just covering NASCAR stuff, like stop motion, you know, Eric had it really well and did really well with that. And that had like millions of views. But when it came to just talking about NASCAR subjects, uh, it was really, really rare for anyone to get, you know, hundreds of thousands of views. Uh, And nonetheless, somebody who's, a nobody like because I, I really like, you know I don't see myself as some celebrity even now or anything Like, I know people know who I am but like then complete nobody and it blew my mind I think by the end of the weekend it had seven or eight hundred thousand views and at, at this point I'm like wow like th- this is crazy and through the years it hit a million two million I think it's over three million views now and it still blows my mind to this day. And I still have people who bring it up when they meet me. They're like, you know that, that's how they saw it. Uh, I know a lot of people in the garage ended up seeing it and and uh, I had a few friends that that were in NASCAR at the time who were like, "Yeah,, uh, everyone's seen that now. and uh, so everyone knows who you are. and I'm like, what uh, <laughs> i I didn't want that to be the introductory, you know, the first the first impression be uh me just ripping on Teresa earnhardt a bunch uh sounds like most people were cool with it but she's not very popular in there so i see why but uh that that for me was i did not know how to handle it at all like i i didn't you know go out there guns a blazing and being like you know look at me i'm the you know best person out ever no, none of that but i i didn't know what video do next i just sort of went about what i normally did and and a lot of people like who i've seen in anything have a viral video um most people were like would be like me they just they don't know how to capitalize on now i probably would have done a follow-up or something if i had a video take off that much or a video that is similar so more people are like okay this stuff is normal and that i think the next video i did was like i used to have a series called devil's advocate and i i had said you know and whether I agreed with it or not, I'm going to give you an, uh, a reason why this unpopular opinion could be a thing. And I think that my next video was like why the Daytona 500 doesn't have to be the first race. I don't believe that. I, I would personally want to say the first race, uh, but that was not the best follow up to have because then people are like, oh, this dude's just an idiot who's just throwing stuff at the wall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's it is weird how the Internet works sometimes. I mean, you know, we at the Daily Downforce understand that there are some things that we'll put out there. That will blow up that we have no idea why it blew up like we're like like because there. I cannot count how many times we spend so much time in a morning meeting saying we need to put this story out because this story is going to do well. And it gets barely anything. We put out this random thing that we just came up with just because we needed something for the day. And then that becomes a huge story for we don't really know why the Internet's a fickle place. So, I mean, I, I can I can understand why that would be kind of strange and weird for you. But even in that time frame, you still had some some series going on. You had some level of traction on YouTube to at least some extent. So, you know, can you tell me if 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 despite it maybe not being your most popular video, is there a video that you're kind of the most proud of that you felt like kind of launched you into where you started feeling more comfortable with your content, if that makes sense?
2: That's a toughie. (laughs) <laughs> i'm kind of in the boat ericsson we put so many videos out sometimes it's like hard to remember just which ones but i'm trying to there there's been a few i mean there's some like proud of uh or ones that i i, I like i think my favorite one i did early on was the 2001 pepsi 400 video i think i had like lord hurons the night we met uh, a piano cover in the background and i uh, it just to me it was the subject matter was really fun with it um as for just things to publish that I, I personally uh at least on my end i i wouldn't say i necessarily prefer but i love doing the live stream side of it and when we can nail a stream whether it's the podcast or a post-race stream or anything like that uh when we nail it it is Probably my absolute favorite thing. So and then maybe not even on my channel per se. Uh, but just the setup, the execution, and the reaction to getting Steve Phelps on. Um, I believe that might have been on mine. We had Steve Phelps and Mark Martin within three weeks of each other. Um, and, and that whole period behind the scenes, too, was nuts because like that 2020, 2021 period, the pandemic going out of it. Um it was so difficult to keep everything in order because so many schedules were changing and drivers could just pop on Zoom and, and you know, change schedules willy nilly and just send the notification to everyone. And getting those two things set up and again, the reaction we I the craziest part was having articles and tweets written about the show especially when they have phelps on because we we asked him different questions about whether it was the next gen or at the time the bubble wallace deal at talladega or talking about just anything in general with nascar uh and seeing like our names in publications that we grew up watching reading listening to whatever uh you may be that was probably the proudest i think that i've ever been and i think the other hosts that's one of the proudest they have to have been. Uh, ever was was it was almost like a we made it kind of deal like people actually watched this show sat through us probably bumbling it was funny because uh all the guys had dressed up really well and then there's me in my grandpa's 110 degree garage wearing a jocko flacco t-shirt uh, <laughs> <laughs> i interviewed the president of nascar in a jocko flacco t-shirt uh and the funny part is, is he's like That Jocko Flacco T-shirt, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. I didn't know anyone made those. I'm like, well, I, I, I made one. Like, so I'm like, okay, he knows who Jocko Flacco is. We're good. We're good. We're good. But that probably for me was like the the proudest moment, just because of of the work that was behind it. I mean, it took that that interview alone took months to set up. Uh, It started actually the year, so that was 2020. It started the year before uh, September. No. August of 2019. It was when we all met at Bristol for the first time. uh Me and Darian, and then Danny had, had come by and saw two and joined in. The three of us started talking to him, uh exchanged you know information, and the the, the fact that he you know because there's so many times like we, we were close to a date, but he's a president of NASCAR. Like he has something going on. And he'd be like, "I'm sorry, I can't do it." I'm like, "You're president of NASCAR, man. It's fine. Do not worry about it." Um, but the fact that he he rescheduled a few times was able to come on, uh, I it says to us it spoke so highly of him of Steve Phelps that you know he didn't have to like the show at the time was nowhere near even where it's at now when it came to people being around or production value anything like that. Uh, but he answered a question. He stayed on longer than originally was you know the plan. I think he was supposed to stay on only like five to ten minutes, and it ended up being almost a twenty minute interview um the, again i just i cannot say enough how proud i am of that and how proud i am of of the other guys too of how we we just we we gelled perfectly we set it together right we had the order set up everything went right that could go right and then to turn right around and do the mark martin interview um around that same time to just made it all the sweeter because that mark martin interview is probably the most fun I've ever had doing something on YouTube, just because Mark Martin, I, Mark Martin can talk about anything and he can make everything he talked about interesting. Um, and there's that little connection too that I had to Mark Martin. Um, my one of my uncles, uh, his family worked for Mark Martin's uh, dad's trucking company, and Mark Martin had really cut his teeth at the Rockford Speedway. Where I had only lived maybe I'd say less than a mile away my whole life. So like there was it was always that connection of loving Mark Martin. Plus it's Mark Martin. How can you not love Mark Martin? Uh so that, but those two back to back, that's probably the most fun period, maybe stressful, but in a good way, but fun period I've ever had on YouTube.
1: Well, I can understand that. And again, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but how you kind of are filling this interesting youtube gap because like i remember like around the 2010s most of like the nascar youtubers was really just gaming like people talking about you know how bad the technics games were how bad the how bad the nascar heat games were that stuff like that and we laugh but that's true like that's that's where a lot of NASCAR YouTube was, or it was the stop motions like Eric, or even the Affleck Cup series, that sort of stuff. You know, the, the newsy side of NASCAR YouTube didn't really come in until people like you guys started doing some things, and and you know, bringing in someone like a Steve Phelps or like a Mark Martin goes a long way to selling you as a legitimate source for NASCAR news. And and you've gotten to the point now where where some of you are now being able to be credentialed at NASCAR races and you know Darian was able to be credentialed at the Indy 500 uh, uh back in May um a dream of mine by the way funny funny story but still uh you know it's it's really cool to see how kind of that is how how you've become kind of or you filled this kind of void in NASCAR YouTube that that that's been that was missing for quite a long time
2: yeah that was the the one of the coolest parts of 2018 was we the the way that we had kind of set up the podcast was to kind of make it a central hub for people um because there were so many people that wanted to talk about stuff but didn't know how to or they knew there were people out there i know eric has talked about how uh coming on the show and and, and hosting it how he he's kind of like us we we all never really had anyone our age to talk about mm-hmm. nascar with and so it filled it filled a void for all of us too uh but then you know we we had so many different guests come on pretty much anyone on the nascar youtube side uh we got everyone together at that point we had the meetup at bristol everything like that um it was cool because we uh our show was actually the face reveal for slap shoes when we had him on the first time no he never shown his yeah, he'd never shown his face. I believe the promo video for it is still on his channel, uh, where he was like super excited to to be on, and and he promoted being on, and saying like, this will be my unofficial face reveal. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> um And 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 we got really that community, you know, set up. And and it's the thing that I've learned watching other communities is you you you're not gonna all stick together forever. And uh, I, I believe we had like a dozen go to Bristol in 2019 and we're all friends still. Uh, at least most of us are still friends, I should say. Uh, but we knew that like, if we can get everyone together and we could at least, even if we all kind of drift apart and do different things, we can still ask each other to, to help each other out and stuff like that. Like we'll all rise with the tide. Uh, and it was amazing too. And I, I will always tell this, this part of the story is, um, one of the moments I knew that we had like something really special with everyone together was at Bristol in 2019. When we all were there uh, slap had flown in. He's like, you know, I'm going to be flying in. It's It's been a long week, but you know, it's, it's going to be difficult. And I'm thinking, you know, well, he's probably just flying in from South Carolina. He's probably had a difficult week at work. He's flying in Saturday. So my idea was like, Oh, he's just been working all week. No, he had flown to Bristol from Japan on like a, uh, uh, I think he'd flown over, into charlotte and then flown to nashville and there or something like that and drove to bristol so this man flew halfway around the world to be at this race with all of us when he did not have to and i'm like all right like we got something really cool set up here um when then we started getting the new stuff rolling once we started getting those opportunities and and it really like that that's part of the reason too i jumped on is uh in 2018 is i'd noticed like you know eric had started out of the groove at that point but it was still in its infancy other than eric there was really no one at that time if i'm not mistaken i think even david land had still been doing game stuff mostly um
1: david land i think was still prime what i like he was still primarily primarily indycar and i think at that time too he was not really on the good side of the NASCAR fan base because he had just made his 2018 Daytona 500 rant video, so I don't know if he was on the good side of the NASCAR fan base at that time, if I remember correct. But he, he it was he was not
2: the most popular, but I know yeah. he did a lot of game stuff still at the time. So the news side was not built up, uh, and and we're like, well, nobody's doing a live show on YouTube. Why don't we try it out? Uh, and and that that was a cool part of it too is we were able to bring on people who were unpopular. Like at one point, um. Darian called out David and we had obviously Darian as a host but we had David come on and they had a debate um uh, but we all became friends through it and you know David I think is I don't David still has his strong takes on NASCAR and I might agree or disagree I respect his takes though because I know where he's coming from and I know he knows what he's talking about too uh but he's definitely he's definitely i think better viewed in the community now than he was then Uh, if you ask people in 2018 i i would say david was probably the most hated youtube personality uh but a lot of it too and he wasn't wrong about a lot of the stuff he said back then i think that's the part that people didn't like is he said a lot of inconvenient truths that people did not want to hear at the time uh yeah i don't think think he was wrong on some stuff too but
1: I I'd, 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 i don't think you're wrong with what you're saying. If it, if it helps out, I think you're, you're, you're pretty accurate in everything you're saying about it, but
2: yeah. But yeah, we, uh, that was another really awesome experience with this is, is using what we created to bring people on with differing opinions. And, and now I think, you know, every, every year we do something with David, whether it's a show or something in person. So th- that, I think that's the part that we like the most or at least working together with different people was one of the things we like the most is you're able to bring people on or your own opinions on that are not popular. I mean, there's plenty of opinions I have that are not popular with both our base and my base, as well as just NASCAR fans in general. I mean, my base overall uh, likes the playoffs and stage racing and all the changes and the 2017 changes and the 2014 changes i'm very old school like i go around with a winston cup hat i like full season points formats me and idk player recently did an iRacing racing league the nr cup series and drivers asked for playoffs and that was our big no like we are not doing playoffs uh that's just the opinion i have and i, I know that it's getting more and more unpopular dislike the playoffs because more and more fans are coming in and this is all they've ever known. They see a full season format and immediately think oh Matt Kenseth 03. They don't think of 2002 or 1992 or any of these amazing championship battles that this for, that old format had. And I don't blame them. Like that's really how it's been built and you know you can't deny the playoffs have made crazy things happen and major moments. I mean the Hail Melon. I think the first thing I said with the Hail Melon afterwards when I did my post race stream was uh this will be the reason that the playoffs stay for the next 20 years. Because they finally got their moment. It took 20 years to get this crazy moment that everyone in the world is talking about. They finally got their moment and they are never getting rid of it. Um so I, I just I love that part of it. I love I love having the unpopular opinion and justifying it sometimes. Like I sometimes I'm able to justify it well, sometimes I'm not, but I love having that opportunity.
1: Well, having that debate's a really good thing, you know, that that that's that's what you need. You know, I mean, you need that kind of like con- contrarian opinion to kind of give people some insight into like, because sometimes if you don't hear it, then you don't realize what else is out there because you're all just stuck on like what you have. And then you can hear somebody like maybe what you say or even some of the stuff people like David Land saying and it and, and it forces you to think and make you really realize of like is what we're doing really the best thing for it? Is this the best thing for everything? And, and, and that makes sense. So I, I, I fully, fully agree with that side note on, on the hail mail. And I was, I was there at Martin's last year to see it. So nice. that was, nice. um that was in, incredible. One of the best moments of, of all time. I find it interesting that you, that speaking of the players, I find it interesting that you like the season-long format considering the fact that you became a nascar fan in 2005 so you're more so you grew up with the old chase format which Mm. is what i grew up with and probably i would say is probably the format i would prefer the most personally but um you know i find it interesting that you like that season-long format can you expand upon why that's the format that you prefer i'm curious to hear that
2: i i like stuff being straightforward Uh, I I don't like gimmicks and I don't like when you can tell something was made for TV rather than the, in my opinion, purity of the product. Uh, I, the the chase is about the the best. I will say I I don't, I don't mind the chase. Like I actually like it. I like the 2004 to 2006 chase Uh, when they started adding, when they added two spots, in 07 it was a clear reaction to guys like Gordon Jr and Stewart missing. Uh and I'm like uh we're just diluting it a little bit. Like 10 10 guys making it to the top 10 in points is always difficult. Top 12 still difficult but not as much. Um of course I <laughs> uh, we we prob- I don't know what what, what your thoughts are in 2013 but 13 and we start and and winning have a lucky win here or there and between eleventh and twentieth in points and you're starting to get it in luck. Sixteen guys and anyone who wins getting in at this point. I'm I just I'm out. I'm completely out. Like it's just I I like when things are difficult to make or difficult to do. Like that's why I think the Winston Cup format, the the Latford system, in my opinion, is the most difficult system to win in because you have to be good. The law of averages will not allow somebody to luck into doing well 36 weeks and even the chase uh, 10 weeks. It's pretty difficult against the 10 best guys out there or whoever was within 400 points. that never got used, but whoever was within 400 points of the lead that, the law of average is still very difficult one to make it that high up and then two to luck into it for 10 weeks um yes the guy who would have won with the full season format will probably never know just because they race differently i acknowledge that uh but the system we have now i mean it it does benefit being lucky uh it's not the easiest still You, you know and i will not say it's an easy system to win in. i will say it can be very luck based uh you know you look at at you look at what could happen. Uh, You could run 15th all year, make it as the last playoff guy or make it by winning. Uh, And more power to you. Winning is not easy and it's very hard still to luck into a win. Uh, But you can be somebody like Bubba Wallace this year, who's been a 15th place guy, ran well the first round, has pretty good tracks this round or runs ran well at Texas, has a good track coming up and a track at the Roval he's not too bad at. And then the next three races, I mean. We've seen, I mean, we've seen Dale Jr.'s last win was a rain win at Phoenix. Um, I've seen rain wins before in person where the guy who should have won did, and I saw Justin Haley win at Daytona. Like we saw Justin Haley win at Daytona in 2019. Um, and and at least with the Lapford system and even the 2004 to honestly, even 2013 chase, uh, if the last race got rained out, and the points ended there well you had either 35 weeks or you had the nine weeks of the chase before then all adding up to this point you had the bonus points even with the season uh that you it one race to decide it all isn't going to be as egregious if it ends by a rainout or by some weird occurrence in those systems as it would in the current one and for me, I just going back and watching old seasons and 2002 is one of the most underrated championship fights ever. Oh, I, I agree. Mean, at one point, at one point, there were like six or seven guys in it. Uh, people forget the guy who led the most laps that season didn't even finish in the top 10 in points. It was Dale Jr. And people forget that he's the only, I believe the only person or one of the only people that year that led over a thousand laps. Uh, you had guys coming in that were championship contenders like Stuart, Martin, Kurt Bush at different points, Jeff Gordon, uh Jimmy Johnson as a rookie, Ryan Newman as a rookie. Uh that stuff I I feel is more special when it's not every year. You know, hmm. not every Super Bowl is down to the wire or uh, you know, 28-3 comeback. Uh, not every World Series goes to game seven. That's why I think in 2016, it was so special with the Cubs on top of everything else. It was an extra innings game seven moment, but that game seven moment came more naturally. It was not the MLB forcing the rules to make it. Mm -hmm. And that's why a a championship to me like 92 or 2002 and even 2004 uh, with that old chase and and 06, it's why those are more special to me now than these ones where it's like every year I know there's going to be four guys in it. Every year, I know that they're probably going to be running for the win at the end, and that's cool. But it, it's it's set up to be that way, and mm-hmm. and that, I I just I can't get on board with it. I'm am, I am an old head. I will admit it. <laughs> I I know that my position is a losing position, but. I'm still, st- I'm st- it's my hill and I'm dying on
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but then again, if we just illustrated the point, you know, having those contrarian opinions are, are part of what helps, you know, and, and I feel that having that healthy debate is good for the sport because I think it can help, you know, garner some interest in the fan base to going in a direction that probably could be more healthy for, for the sport. And I think that's a good thing. So, you know, and, and by the way, um, I got to mention, I'm a Cubs fan too. So uh, 2016, yeah. very exciting for me as well. That well, was a,
2: my birthday was Game Six. Oh, uh, your birthday was Game Six, November first. That, that one where they were pouring it on. That was. Oh, yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah, I remember. I got a, a World Series jersey uh, and and a, a world like the World Series hats and everything. So I was like decked out, and then that Grand Slam and everything. So
1: <laughs> and I then, can geek out on that all night. <laughs> and then Game Seven was a heart attack. So yeah i lost years of my life on that one <laughs> i i i I did too and uh but thank th- 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 so trust me i can understand and thankfully i woke up the next day my mom went out that night and bought a world series hat and a world series shirt for me to wear to school the next day i went to school late the next day because i had to stay up till like two in the morning watching that game but <laughs> so i know you can relate that's understandable yep.
2: <laughs> um oh i stayed up till like five that morning <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's
2: awesome. That's really I rewatched. Cool. I rewatched the game.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, I I have two multiple times. Trust me. Oh, no. I, have. I rewatched it that night. Really? <laughs> like, you rewatched yeah. it again?
2: Me and my family stayed up, and then like you know, after the the um, local uh celebration stuff ended, because it sort of played on a loop. We're like, let's just watch it again.
1: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? One hundred eight awesome. years. One hundred eight years waiting for it. We might as well. <laughs> Yes, I completely get that. Hey, I mean, my I, I watched it over and over multiple times the next few days. And, and speaking of Chicago, you know, you mentioned you're from the Rockford area, you know, you know, Rockford Speedway closing down, unfortunately, you know, Chicago and Speedway being a racetrack that, you know, not sure what NASCAR is going to do within the future. You know, I, I just I, tell me just kind of your whole spiel on everything regarding that and regarding motorsports in that area, because, you know, I'm from, you know couple hours or so away from where you grew up so you know i can relate to it to an extent as well but you know tell me kind of your thoughts on all of that and and kind of like what you're hoping to see in that area because i know that that's something you're very passionate about personally
2: yeah uh so you know i've i've since moved down to the nashville area so like the fairgrounds is now my home track uh per se but i i it's that connection with rockford speedway my grandpa took me there when I started getting into racing, he took me there to see late model races and um, and and just it, it's always been there. I mean, it's been a staple of the area since the 40s. Uh, I got to go. I was lucky enough to go there. And the dairies let me basically wander around and just look at the track. I mean, it's so ground down. It's beautiful. I love that old surface, the the old school vibe of it. Um, It's it grinds my gears, though to say the least i know that obviously is you know i don't judge the family for selling or for getting out you know especially after um their mother had who had owned the track for so long past like i i get that um but what grinds me up a little bit about it is that nothing's going to be done with the area it's going to be an empty lot like originally it's supposed to be a walmart and then they dropped out and i think like another store had said they'd do something and they dropped out and so what it it makes me mad because i know so many of these stories where oh it's a you know as my as i mentioned again slap would say a booming real estate market and then nothing happens to it they're not going to build houses on it you know and it's, it's happened with multiple tracks too it's not just rockford speedway uh and as much as there has been this revival with short track racing there also has been it's been with the bigger short tracks or at least short tracks that are more well known or in good areas whereas a lot of a lot of short tracks are still closing down like they're i i it's even hard to say for fan you know to tell fans to support it with their wallets because fans at rockford speedway did i mean a track holds think 8000 and Mm -hmm. you routinely five to seven thousand would show up for every race um so that that part's going to be tough i I, i'm not even you know my parents like i said my parents now they still live in that you know neighborhood nearby uh there were people there were people who would complain about noise and then basically all the rest of us who would live there forever would be like uh shut up you know you move next to a racetrack this is what you get uh but you know going to my parents i'm gonna take the long way because i don't think i can drive past that area uh as for chicagoland i have actually been by chicagoland a few times uh in the last few years uh they just hosted a i think it was like a was a moto gp race it was like it a was playoff race
1: something with like supercross or something like that i remember yeah. it yeah
2: i th- i believe at least from what my sources were around 19 to 20,000 showed up for that. Uh, The area wants it. Uh, I know NASCAR. I can, I can say this for sure is that NASCAR and ISC have not left the area. The track is almost completely race ready. I've, I've seen the track a bit and I know people who have been there a little more and that the track, you know, might need a few places to have, you know, some seams put in or whatnot. Uh, But the track looks great. Uh, I personally think Chicagoland will be back around 2025, 2026. Okay. Uh, the the city personally like the street race is a great idea. I, I still, even though it was a success, uh, I will say that ratings wise, you know, attendance wise, it was a success. Um, bringing Shane Van Gisbergen in, there's no, I I don't care how against it you are, like NASCAR accomplished all its goals and more with that. Uh, but i still don't think long-term Chicago's the right city i think a city like pittsburgh that has that kind of gritty feel that you know that that working class feel to it i think that's a better one i think it connects more with nascar uh and, and i and i from what i you know heard and what the rumors were it sounds like pittsburgh is more than happy to have them uh same with denver denver seems more than happy to have them uh Maybe we can have three cheese sponsor that race in Denver. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but uh, I, I I don't think it's going to last just because Chicago politics and 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 that's the thing is I avoid politics with racing as much as I can. It, it's a thing on the podcast, like chat, do not bring up politics. Uh, but with street racing, it, it's an unnecessary or it's a necessary evil, I should say, to bring it up. Uh, and I just I don't see the city after next year really wanting it, especially with the new mayor and them all in. Um, sounds like they're doing it next year. I hope it's, I hope it's as much a success next year as it is this year, because in my opinion, if this race is a success and can get more people in the city to want to go see more normal NASCAR races, when they bring back Chicagoland, then those fans will come and hopefully support the track in theory and more people, especially with NASCAR's attendance going up and fans seeming more willing to drive across the country to see the race they want Mm -hmm. to see. I, I'm. I have a feeling Chicago Land will be a big success those first few years. What they do there, promotion wise, or at the track, that's up to them. Uh, but they definitely need to do stuff there and and up the ante. Uh, I I have a lot of faith in the future of that track, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happy for that. The Midwest is such an overlooked area for racing. It's why I was so upset when Road America got taken off the schedule because those fans are so diehard, and you gave their race. You gave Wisconsin fans. The, the, you took their race and you gave it to Chicago like that that's just the I, t- I, t- I told I told so many people that's the biggest no-no you can do in the midwest do not do not get in the middle of that Wisconsin Chicago rivalry like you know, you, you're you giving you took a bunch of Packer fan races and again I'm a Vikings fan I'm no Packer fan, but you gave a Packer fan race to the bear fans like that's not <laughs> a way that you're going to win over your Wisconsin crowd uh, and you know it just it feels like the midwest has gotten a bit neglected for uh their spots on the schedule and they need it like i'm that's why i'm so happy that iowa it sounds like is going to get a race next year from the way that chase briscoe talked about it and the rumors have been Uh, these midwest fans deserve these races and us midwesterners you know yeah we'll drive anywhere like oh four-hour drive that's nothing like (laughs) I went to an Avenged Sevenfold concert with Darian and my cousin, and my cousin goes to college up in Bloomington, Indiana, and I drove four hours up and four hours back, and then we but we drove her back right after you know after the concert. Like driving's nothing for a Midwesterner. Like oh,
1: you're. As as a full-fledged Midwesterner, I I am I am on that boat with you, buddy. From the Midwest, yeah. proud of it. Heck yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what the drive is and you know, I'll I'll tell you personally, you know, there is the hope for me for Chicago and to come back because you know, that's that's where I saw my first race. My dad and I, it was our yearly trek we would take every year from 2008 all the way up until 2019 and uh you know, it was it's it it holds a very it's very sentimental to me personally. So, I would love to see it back once again because I mean, it's like, you know, there's there's something about the place where you see your first race and, and I'm, I'm hoping to see it back as well. So, you know, Jared, you know, to finish off our conversation here, you know, just kind of tell me what's your kind of broad scopes idea for the future here as a part of your YouTube channel.
2: That's the interesting part. Cause I, I feel like, um, like I'm going to, you know, there's ebbs and flows with YouTube. And right now I'm kind of like in a, like a little bit of a dip and that's fine. That's how it goes. Uh, I and I'm like I'm wanting to make new stuff, and then you know, I got a lot of stuff life wise coming up that has changed how I view just life in general, my perspective on everything, uh, and my perspective especially on the YouTube side of it. Uh, you know, obviously, I want to keep doing videos, uh, the podcast too. I, I love it. You know, people keep people keep coming in. The four of us keep having fun. Uh, there's no no way that's gonna stop as for like new stuff um i've dip i've dabbled my toes a bit on the broadcasting side granted i racing to start with but still i do not discredit anything when it comes to that uh, i've been doing stuff with idk player i'm probably going to be doing more i racing commentary uh maybe do some stuff at the track as like a pit reporter for different stuff i mean national's right down the road i might as well give it a give it a shot um stuff like that more at the track stuff i i just i want to kind of expand on it i like i like upping the ante i'm kind of I've, I've become a showman uh you know like you you can ask my family when it comes to fourth of july like i have to have the biggest fireworks show in the neighborhood like just, <laughs> that's just how it's going to be uh where i am going to get the 10 minute finale one i don't care if it costs a grand, we're going to make this work and it's going to be awesome. And everyone's going to remember it. And that's kind of the mentality I'm going with YouTube on it. You know, I want to do, I would love to do live stuff at the track. Like I would like, my dream is to do a live podcast from the track is to do one of the post race shows I do from the track and not just like on my phone, but like have an actual setup, have a a stage, have fans in the background, like a NASCAR race day thing. I, that, that for me is I just want to keep upping the ante and making stuff fun and having people, I want to have people continue to look at all of us and, and for a while and go, wow, I can't believe they did that too. Oh yeah, that's cool. Like anytime they're at the track, it always makes it better kind of thing. That, that's, that's yeah. what I want. Um, you know, kind of, that's, it's a kind of a wide scope with it, but it's just trying those new things and doing things that like, you know, I've, I've helped do and, and others have done, just keep pushing the boundaries in different ways and in fun ways. Um, but i think the big one is like always kind of stay independent in some kind of way you know i'm I, I i never want to be that person that people look at and they're like oh he's just doing this so that you know he can get x y or z good thing for him like if i say the unpopular opinion and it screws me i i would rather i that that's the goal is i would rather one day like when i have kids i i want them to look at their dad and and see you know this that this person will say what they believe in. They don't care what, you know, obviously I'm not going to say stupid things. Like, you know, repercussions for dumb things are are even worse, but like, you know, oh, I didn't get this or like, you know, it's difficult for for something here or there, like sponsor-wise or something because I'm not going to agree with what everyone's saying. That's what I would want to be viewed by them as. Like, that's how I look at it is, you know, as long as I can keep doing something that people know, I'm being truthful. I'm um, that's 100% me even if they disagree. That's the big overarching message I would want to give people. I want to be me. I don't want to sell out in any way. You know, and and, and that that's such a you know weird thing to say, I guess. Um because people have different ways of looking. I'm not saying, you know, like, obviously I'm going to you know not say stupid things just to say them. Uh but I I think you know just coming on here and saying things on here you know whether they're the popular opinion or not going on different people's shows even if they're not viewed the greatest by those in the industry it's it's you know setting a course for for myself to do what what i like i think that's the big overarching thing i know there's probably a bunch of word salad (laughs) and soup there um but hopefully there's a, a broader message i can string together with that in a hopefully neatly tied bow
1: Hey, you know what? It's it's all good, Jared. You know, you're honest, raw. That's what we want. That's what we're looking for. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on here to the podcast here today for us. Perfect place to end it. Perfect place to end it without a doubt, folks. Once again, this was Jared Lumberg, the iceberg here on Next Gen Creators. Wow, what an episode with Jarrett Lundberg, the iceberg here on Next Gen Creators. Once again, be sure to give us a follow on social media at Daily Downforce, Twitter and Instagram. Also DailyDownForce.com for some great daily NASCAR content. All the Next Gen Creators episodes are on DailyDownForce.com as well. Be sure to head, check that out if you want to see some of the earlier episodes we have with guys like Eric Estep, Darren Gilliam, Brock Beard amongst others. Be sure to head over there if you want to get some more good content. But again, a really great episode today with Jared and a great way to end it. him talking about you know, how important it is for him to really uh, essentially be true to himself and how important that that is and kind of his aspirations for or what he wants in his uh, youtube life and it was really cool to hear him discuss just how the nascar weekly podcast became a thing and how it has grown over the years it's really been awesome to hear jarrett talk about all of that and we're all very excited to see where jarrett goes from here be sure once again to check out dailydownforce.com for some more great content and uh we should have the next next gen creators episode for you coming up here in the next couple of weeks and be sure to tell us be sure send us a message on twitter please at daily downforce tell us who you want to be on the next episode of next gen creators who are some of the people you want to see some of your favorite nascar content creators we're talking youtubers podcast hosts even people graphic designers people that write all that sort of stuff be sure to send it all that way once again i'm joshua lapowski saying so long for now we'll see you on the next episode of Next. Gen Creators.